All right, folks, welcome back to Colin Shots. Uh, this is Seth Part now. Um, it, it, funny going straight into off-season content. We weren't planning on doing this the day after the finals ended. It just happens to be that today is the day after the finals ended. And uh, today was the day my guest, uh, Dustin Godsey of the Bucks, could uh, join us. Um, first of all, uh, thanks for joining me. Second of all, um, sorry for your loss. This being the first day of you no longer being of the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. So, uh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate, appreciate being on and yeah, definitely interesting timing. Uh, this is a, a much different day after uh, the end of the finals than, than last year for sure. So, um, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good. We, we definitely loved the experience from last year, but, um, you know, I, I hope the, my friends in, uh, in San Francisco with the Warriors are, are enjoying their, their parade planning today. I imagine you you probably slept more um, this time than the equivalent yes. time last year. So yes, that's a definitely, positive. Definitely much more uh, refreshed than I was uh, at this time a year ago. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely a positive. And it's it was fun. It was a fun fun closeout game last night. It was it was obviously a great season, not where we we hope to end up, but um, but look uh, to be in the the conversation and, and feel like we have a a good runway here moving forward. I think you know. Next year, you know, you talked about it a little bit last night. It feels like it's kind of wide open um, next year. So uh, we're excited to get going and start thinking about about what that's going to be. For sure. I mean, that's a, that's that's a whole. I'll, I'm sure I'll do tons of tons of yakking about like what to expect from various teams next year. But I think uh, I've been trying to get you on for for a while, and part of the reason is, or the main reason is, is is sort of one of the threads I've been doing on the show is talking about, I don't want to say the business of the NBA, but sort of the NBA as, as sort of a commercial product. It is, it's show business. And, you know, we get lost in like the, you know, the transactions and the on the floor stuff, but I'm very interested in the other stuff that's going on. I think like a big part of that is, okay, how do NBA teams make money? Uh, How do they pay for stuff? How do they pay for, generate the revenue that pays for people to, I don't know, do analytics and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, as the CMO of the Bucks, like you seem like a pretty good person to talk to about that. So let's, let's sort of start at the beginning. How does one become the CMO of an NBA franchise? You know, for me, I mean, it was, I I don't know that I have a, (laughs) I don't know that there's necessarily a traditional path. Um, you know, for me, I, I got into sports, um, you know, really during college because I wanted to be a, a sports reporter, uh, for those of a certain age, you'll know that there was a, actually a show on ESPN called sports reporters, uh, where people who wrote for newspapers got together on Sunday mornings and talked about sports. And that seemed like the best possible thing in the world for me. Um, I got to journalism school and realized that like reporting wasn't, wasn't really my thing. Um, and kind of looked for some other things to do and, and kind of went the track through minor league baseball, worked for some, for a hockey team, a junior hockey team, you know, that sort of kind of paying your dues and, and, um, you know, working kind of on the, the lower levels, but, but really learning a lot and kind of figuring things out in, in an environment, which, you know, at the time felt like super high stakes to me, but in the grand scheme of things was, you know, a good platform and a good sandbox to kind of, to play around. Um, then I kind of took a detour and, and was working more in the arena side of things and concerts and special events. And then, uh, happened to see a, a position with the Milwaukee Bucks get posted on Twitter, 
uh, for a, a director of marketing and took my chance, applied, and 10 years later, uh, here I am. So um, it's been a it's been a fun ride. I mean, it was it's an interesting situation here and, you know, we could go off in different tangents. But, you know, when I got here, it was the 45th. 45th anniversary season of the team. Um, and I was the first marketing person the team had ever hired. So um, I've had a the rare opportunity to, to kind of join a, an existing you know, team and but really build out the marketing function uh, from from the ground up, which has been pretty cool. Um, and now to, to see where we are now, and it's, you know, really gone beyond sort of the being a, a basketball team in a in an old building to to really a an entertainment company and brand um, with with basketball obviously being the the core product of of what we sell. No, oh, it's, it's, it's it is a little full circle. You went to you went to the concerts and events, and then you got back to the NBA to do concerts and events a little right. bit <laughs> in a yeah, roundabout exactly. way. Exactly, exactly, and that's that's been the fun thing about you know what what this position has been, and I think what you know. CMO roles or, you know, teams as a whole have become is, you know, I, I did not come here expecting to, to be a part of, you know, building a new arena and redevelop and really developing 30 acres and, and kind of, you know, creating an entirely new neighborhood where nothing was before. Um, but that's, that's kind of part of the business now. And, and as things expand and go out, it's, and that's, that's really been what's fun about it is, is this role has evolved and changed so much, you know, in really a, a pretty short amount of time. No, I, I mean, when I, when I moved to Milwaukee in like 2016, like the, what is now the arena and deer district was literally a hole in the ground. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's, you know, it's, that's the part when, when people see deer district and, and 60,000 people out there in the finals last year and that sort of thing, it's, it's hard to even imagine now having been through it, you know, that, that it was literally, you know, barren ground for two decades where uh, a freeway once went through downtown Milwaukee. Um, and what that is, has quickly become is, has been really cool to be a part of. So there's a, there's a number of different ways to, to, to go. First of all, I mean, since you've worked in a number of different sports, is there, um, is the biggest difference between the places you've worked kind of the level of the sport between like, you know, minor leagues to, to sort of the major leagues, or are there like specific things about, you know, marketing a baseball team, marketing a hockey team, marketing a basketball team that are sport specific? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of differences between between some of the sports. When I, was in, when I was in Philadelphia, you know, I was mostly on the arena side, but we, at that point in time, the company I worked for owned both the Sixers and Flyers. Um, so I worked, you know, had a, a lot of sort of transparency into that and, and worked closely with with the, both of those teams and go through. I think, you know, each, each especially the, the major you know, kind of four leagues and, and MLS now kind of coming up as a fifth, like they each sort of have their own, their own sort of culture and their own niche. I mean, the, the NFL is obviously in, in North America, you know, massive and, and sort of the, the, the Holy grail there a little bit in, in terms of audience sizes and, and, and following, but you get outside of, of America and, and it's really nothing, um, you know, for us on the NBA side, it's, it's so global and international and, and, you know, we really are, if you travel, you know, outside of, outside of North America and you say you're from Milwaukee, there's a pretty good chance that people are going to say, Oh, the Bucks," And that's going to be sort of their touchstone into, into this city. And I think that's the, the fun thing on the, the NBA side is 
is that global nature um, and, you know, really allowing us to, you know, really super serve the fan base and everything who is, is core and here in Milwaukee that's, that are the ones buying tickets, but also, you know, knowing that 75% of our, our audience on social media and that's looking at our content is actually international. Uh, so it's really kind of an interesting, interesting challenge here. That leads actually, uh, uh, Abdul Rahman, who's been a, a, a very faithful listener had in, in the chat asked a question about that is like, is there a difference in terms of the international side of the marketing? And we'll get to the, you know, the large market, small market thing, but does that carry over to like the sort of the, the international part of it, or is it sort of, we're an NBA team and we happen to have, you know, we're, is there a big difference between, you know, Joel Embiid is, is obviously an international player in Philadelphia and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo is, a, is the same in Milwaukee. Does the difference between Phil, Phil Lockie? Yeah, I'll go with it. Does the difference between Phil Lockie <laughs> matter or is it, you know, internationally, it's sort of, it's, it's the, it's the player, it's the team more than like the, the, the glamour of the city. I think it, it really is. I mean, I think, you know, when you're building out that audience, it really is the, it is about the team. It is about, you know, sort of the, the content you're putting out and the, the, the brand more than it is, you know, the city. I think um, people, it, the international audience is not tied to, to these individual markets like that. So I think, you know, certainly when, when you have a player like Giannis with, European ties and African ties and, um, you know, that sort of thing, like that certainly opens doors for, for things that, you know, just being, you know, the city of Milwaukee probably doesn't do. So I will, I think to specifically Giannis in, in, in a second, but I like, we do hear all the time about like the difference between small market, big market team. And there's like, I think, you know, the obvious revenue kind of, aspect of that is is like local tv deal because like there are there are more homes in los angeles than there are in milwaukee and so that probably matters in terms of but in terms of of what is like a a larger marketing role like what does that mean the difference between being in a in a you know a smaller versus larger market and what is the and what would you say the demarcation is between a small and big market in general yeah i think i mean there's definitely i mean you hit on you know, when you're talking about local revenues and things like that, the, the big piece is always, you know, in our, our current media landscape, that that TV deal and, and those rights. Um, but I think, you know, beyond that, I think we're, we're now in a place where it it's blurred. I mean, it's, uh, again, it's, it's a local market. You can charge more for things in New York than you can in Milwaukee. Like that's just what the, the environment is and, and that sort of thing. So there's always going to be some of those disparate uh um, some of those differences, but I think, you know, you look now at, at what you go through and, you, and and look at national TV ratings and you look at uh, retail sales and Jersey sales and, and things like that. Like we're in the top five uh, regardless of market size. So the job is really the same from that standpoint. I think, you know, really one of the benefits of, if when you're in a smaller market and I can say from, you know, being in Philadelphia, which at the time was not sure where it is right now, but a top five market in the country to, you know, Milwaukee, which is overall somewhere in the, the mid thirties. Um, you can really, you can really connect with the city, I think in ways and connect with your fans and, and really become a part of, of the community in a, in a smaller or a mid-sized market than you can in, in a bigger market, just because there's, 
there's less there and there's less distraction to go through. So I think in some ways from that standpoint, what I'm trying to do in, in terms of building a fan base and, and being a part of, of the everyday life of, of the people here and continue to get them coming back in. Like, I think there's actually some advantages in, in those smaller markets that you don't get in the bigger market because you, there's just so much else going on. I mean, how many, uh, how many heads of marketing of, of big market teams routinely uh, get shown on the Jumbotron with their kids during, uh, during games? I <laughs> Uh, if, if like it's it, it's funny, it's a it is a. I feel like the last four or five times I've been to games, I've somehow you have. Uh, I, I don't know if you've 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 bribed the uh, camera operator or or perhaps someone has bribed them to embarrass you, but it it does seem remarkable how uh, how frequently they have they, they have finish. seemed to to find me uh, recently, and I think it's it's more my son that they're they're after there, sure. but um, you know he's at an age now where it's. It's fun uh, when he's there because he starts. He, he's actually he gives me more notes on on the things I'm responsible for than he than he does in caring about the game, and um, you know definitely has opinions <laughs> on on certain features that we run or or graphic decisions that we make. So that that's been uh, fun, but also challenging with a seven year old. <laughs> I, I will say that there was was a time when when I was in basketball ops when if anyone kind of on the support staff ever came to a game with like a date we made sure to find out where they were sitting and you know make sure that that they would like especially if it was like kiss cam or something like that because you know we're all 12 so that's hilarious <laughs> yes no and and yeah it's um you know that's that's part of the the fun side of being on, on this side of the business is you can you can definitely have fun with that that sort of thing um but but yeah no i i mean i do think like to, to the bigger point, there are, we joke a little bit about it, but like you, you do have an opportunity to, to be present and be a part of, of things outside of, of just basketball in a, in a market like this. And really, you know, in, in our world, we've helped shape kind of the direction of, of the city of Milwaukee. And, and it's, you know, not a role that, that you necessarily always see, um, see a sports franchise have an opportunity to take, but, um, you know, that's been, that's been really exciting. And I think, again, that's, that's what comes with, with being in, in a market this size is, is those other opportunities that come around it. So we, you know, a lot of, a lot of focus in the NBA transactional world is obviously it's on like the superstars and like supposed superstar movement. And, you know, well that, you know, from a basketball standpoint, that makes sense. Uh, why that is such, I think it is, it's, um, Anyone who's followed me for any length of time know, knows my opinions on that and how much I hate it. But um, you know, I guess this is this is where it's best part to talk about like Giannis and sort of you know what a player of that stature unlocks in you know a market like this because a lot of the things you're talking about, I think, I think you would agree that they just don't those opportunities don't exist if you know first of all if 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 he is not on the team and then relatedly if the team is not at the level it is in large part because he's there. Oh, a thousand percent. And, you know, I will be the, the first one to admit that, you know, I could be the, the greatest marker in the world. And, you know, if the, if we're continuing to put together strings of, of 15 win seasons, like, like the second year I was here, like the, there's not a whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot you can do in, in some cases, but, you know, I think, Certainly he, he unlocks and, and having a, a championship team and, and that sort of thing unlocks so many opportunities to, again, 
go out and grow that audience for us to to build a sustainable fan base. I think that's that's one of the things that I you know talk to my team about and, and as we think about marketing, it's you know, sports is a cyclical business and you know, you, you and you know, we're in a weird position where we we're, you know, truly marketing a product that we have absolutely no control over. Um and that is live events and can can change, you know, with an injury or with, you know, somebody deciding they, they don't want to be here anymore or that sort of thing. So our job is really, you know, to to build something that, you know, prepare for successes. And I think we spent a lot of time from Giannis coming in to like, how do we build a sustainable business? How do we get things in order? How do we build a, a culture around this so that, you know, we can bring in and retain people on our staff. We can, and, you know, the same on, on the basketball side where players want to come in and be a part of this and, and go through. So, you know, having, you, you have to have the product and you have to have, you know, the players and if it's a, a superstar MVP like Giannis, that only takes you to the next level. Um, and now I think now that we're there from a, a marketing side, it's, you know, we're really looking at, okay, how do we capitalize on this and, and turn this into, you know, how do we become the Chicago Bulls who, you know, won six titles and had Michael Jordan, but haven't really done a whole lot else in the last 25 years, but they are still, you know, regarded as, as one of the iconic brands in the NBA. Whereas, you know, not no disrespect to the Spurs, but also won a lot of titles, had the best player in the league. Um, but, you know, really never felt like they, they were outside of, of San Antonio. And I think they're doing a really nice job now of, of rebuilding and branding around that. But, just different different models, and I think we see ourselves as we have this opportunity to become one of those those iconic franchises. So I, I can tell you this: that I was I was recently in Spain for a week, and I want to say that the ratio of Bucks to Bulls stuff was like substantial to zero in terms of in terms of what I saw. Just 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 you know walking around, it could have been it was during the playoffs, so. Um, and the Bulls had kind of already been eliminated. Yeah, while I was there, yeah. So, but still, well, that is great to hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this this is like I'm trying to figure out the way to a- answer this question to be more general rather than specific. Um, and I'll preface this by saying, in some of the reporting about sort of the Sam Hinkie tenure in Philadelphia, like part of the reasons why he was jettisoned seemed to be, um, you know. Uh, I don't know if for the lack of communication or just some bitterness that a player that was kind of a part of a marketing effort was suddenly traded. Um, not just here, but I mean, I think that, you know, the, the marketing folks around the NBA are much, are, are much more uh, cooperative and collegial than maybe the, the, the basketball ops, the front office is. Um, so in both here and in general, like what is the, is there a process for asking, Hey, you know, we kind of want to, put this guy in front and center. Is there any reason we shouldn't? Do, do those conversations even happen? I mean, we like it's, there's always rumors about, well, they just they signed this guy cause he's local and will drive interest. And in my experience, that doesn't happen, but I just, you know, if you have any thoughts you can share on that yeah. sort of aspect. No, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, just sort of generally speaking, I think it differs franchise by franchise um, and organization by organization, how much, interaction there is sort of between the the business side and the sports side. Um, 
you know, I think we have a, a really good situation here and, and, you know, has allowed us to, to get to the point where we, you know, have great access, um, to the players and to, you know, be able to tell those stories and go through. Um, but, you know, certainly there's, there's nobody on, on that side that's, that's calling me and saying, Hey, like we're thinking about, we're thinking about this deal. Like what's that do for, for ticket sales? Um, so, you know, from, from that side, it's, it is pretty, pretty church and state. Um, you know, we will, I, I think most teams, there probably are, you know, conversations that happen, you know, going into a season or, you know, especially around trade deadlines or things like that of like, Hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. Um, you know, how does that sound? Um, but they, it's such tightly kept secrets on, on that side of things that, you know, you're not going to get much that's, that's ever going to give anything away. Um, and we've, we've certainly been caught, you know, I know the, the Sixers, you know, went through that with some of the things of, you know, season tickets going out with, with certain players and, and that sort of thing. But um, we've been caught and, and that's part of, of the business on our side is, is being able to, is having to be nimble and quick and, and change things out. And, um, you know, so, so no, I, I've never been in a, a situation where there's ever been, you know, anything done on, on the basketball side or things like that, where it's been business motivated at all. I mean, they're, they're so focused on, on putting the right product on the court and, and conversely, you know, it's, we, we do things that, you know, probably they don't always see the wisdom in or, or the thought in the, the terms of, <laughs> in terms of how we're communicating things um, that, you know, aren't necessarily aligned there. So it's good to have the good relationships. You have good thing, but at the end of the day, we're both sides have to kind of be experts in what they're doing. And really like, I mean, the worst thing that, that, that tends to happen is, you know, Oh, we have a bunch of uh, miles Plumley toothbrush holders or something like that. That, 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 that was definitely one of those examples of times that, uh, <laughs> that, that we got caught with that. And, um, you know, we've had a few other, a few other giveaways and things like that in the past. Um, but, but you roll with it and you go and, and know that that's just, that's part of, of what this business is. And that's, and that's the kind of thing that's funny rather than being like really damaging, just, especially because it's a, like a bobblehead is funny, but a toothbrush holder. A, right. a toothbrush of holder of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, of, you know, a guy who was, was not even, you know, one of the, the major players on the team. I mean, the, the whole thing was, was, was pretty funny. So um, it probably, it was probably fated to work out the way it did actually. <laughs> Sure. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier about like the difference between, you know, marketing a 15 and a 55 win team. Like, what do you do when, when your team is bad? Like, how does that, like, what, what is that? What is the, not, I don't know the day to day. What is the strategy? Like, how do you, like, you, you still have to try to get people in the building. You still have to get sponsorships. Like what, how do you, how, like, how do you even go about that? Yeah, and no, I'll, I'll, it, I, and I'll, I'll add on to that now, like, say, you know, five years from now, Giannis is retired and the team is back at that level. Is it an easier job then than it was, you know, five years ago? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, look, it's a different job than it was five years ago um, in, in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, going through a 15-win season and, you know, those kind of downtimes and in some way, I mean, it was... It, 
it's not fun to come into a building, especially an old building like the Bradley Center was, and, and go through and and see, you know, swaths of empty seats and, and go through and just feel like there's nothing to do to to really change anything. But I think on the, the other side of it, I sort of look back sometimes and, and, and think, like, we just had to be scrappy and creative, and, and we could just come in and, and throw any idea out and um, and try it. And I think, you know, some of our, our better creative thoughts came, came during those times of, you know, we needed to do whatever we could to, to kind of be relevant and not that we were, were gimmicky in any way, but, you know, just finding different ways to, to connect with people and, and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, in some ways those seasons help, help spur on, uh, creativity and innovation and, and just thinking about different ways to do things because, you know, it's again, it's, it's not super high stakes. It's going to, nothing's going to drastically move the needle, but you can start to get some learnings and go through. Um, you know, I think the the situation now when you get to championship and, and that sort of thing is there are just so many, so many opportunities and it's really how you focus and prioritize. And, um, you know, it's not, not like our, our staff has doubled, um, with, with everything else that, that comes on with this. So it, it really becomes more of a, a measure of prioritization and, and, you know, being able to choose the projects you want to work on because it, it fits more with, with your brand and, and what you want to be. Um, so very fun. I, I would much rather be in this situation than, than the other, but you know, it's definitely a sort of a, a different way of using your brain. Sure. Let's. I'll continue on that thought in in a second. But uh, Abdul Rahman has now wants to to jump on with a question. He's been a very faithful listener, so of course we'll. Uh, we'll if you want to unmute and, and uh, good morning. How are you today? I am fine. It's not here. I am oh. in Middle East, so I don't have the same time. Sure. I have a question. Is there Great. a difference between playing style to? market something and how trades make this hard because if you trade someone you can change the style of play and that will change how you market uh, your team yeah absolutely i mean i i don't know that we've necessarily had trying to think you know sort of the the major trades or, or things that have happened kind of in my tenure of you know i, I guess i think back to you know uh Brandon Knight and, and that trade and, you know, that sort of thing certainly changed a, a little bit. That was probably the, the biggest, you know, kind of mid-season transition we've had, um, you know, a, a few years back. But I think, you know, for us, the way the way we marketed, it's, it's really about, you know, when you're talking about selling tickets, it's about the experience of, of coming to a game and, and those sorts of things. We haven't, you know, I, I don't think I've been in a situation where it's not like we we've gone from you know having to to make a transition from from the Showtime Lakers to you know the the Bad Boy Pistons and and that sort of thing. But um, you know, for us, the way the way we market and, and talk through it's it's about we we don't rely really on you know talking about that style of play or you know certainly we 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 market our our stars and and that sort of thing but it's as much about for us where we've we've developed really since ownership came in was was talking about becoming championship caliber and now you know being champions and you know how that um relates and and really more about those aspirational things as opposed to you know kind of the the style on the court but 
certainly something that that could happen. Um, you know, when you get some of these, you know, again, not to to keep talking about my old home in Philadelphia, but you know, obviously a James Harden comes in, and that's a a totally different sort of thing that you're you're selling and pushing and. Um, and sometimes with that, you know, you're on the business side, you're waiting to see how it all kind of works and, or doesn't work, uh, the, the same as everyone else. Does that, is there in coming up with ideas for sort of like what the, what the idea is, is there is part of the discussion sort of making it like robust to changes in like playing style and, or is that just sort of something that, that is happenstance? Um, because I, I think that I, if were I in your shoes, and this is like me knowing nothing, I think that like making sure that we weren't in a position where, well, if we trade this guy, we can't do that anymore uh, because of playing style. Um, that would seem like a positive for for kind of picking a, a different direction that is more, like I said, more robust to to like those kind of those kind of changes. Yeah, I think. I mean, you have to you have to think that way. And again, knowing as we talked about before things can happen and, and change whether it's playing style or, or, you know, the, the face or, or anything like that can happen without, you know, really on a, without any notice. Um, so you have to, you have to sort of build and, you know, as, as we've looked at, at how we think about our brand and what the communications are going out and, you know, we're, we've, we've leaned in heavily locally to, you know, being a part of, of sort of the fabric of, of Milwaukee and, you know, it, trying to obviously again we're we're promoting a product that happens on the court and you're we're selling tickets to a basketball game um but you have to think a little bit bigger than that and that's where that building that sustainable fan base and an engaged fan base who you know is invested in what you're doing and um and i think you know trying to be a little bit transparent about um and that's one of the things that we learned a little bit coming out of that that 15 win season is is for so long you know, I don't think I don't think fans of of the Bucks certainly, and I think you know what happens all over the place. Like there are are the organizations where you, you know, even in a downtime, you're you're transparent and you're kind of letting people in on on what the the long term direction is and and what the the goals and aspirations and and asking fans to come along with it. Versus you know simply selling tickets to a, a game. Um, and you know, not really building that that sustainable connection. So, um, yeah, you have to be sort of you, you have to sort of look at the the bigger picture and not get too caught up on on you know the the specifics of of what the style or what the what the team makeup is. I mean, that seems like that that seems like almost the biggest impact of like mid size. If you're, I mean, I I'll say this and you don't have to, but if you're the Lakers and the Knicks, you sell being the Lakers and the Knicks. But if you're if you're you know if you're if you're in Charlotte or Oklahoma City or Milwaukee or something like that, it it has to be it does it seems like it does have to be more tailored to kind of where the team is. Oh, a hundred percent, and yeah, and, I, and I'll, I'll happily say, I mean, the the Knicks can sell this as as forty one, you know, marquee events in the world's greatest arena, or whatever they they like to call the Garden, which is you know very beautiful now. Um, but, you know, I do think like it, it is a different sort of thing of, you know, that, you know, selling kind of event by event and, you know, versus, um, you know, knowing that, that we have to have people who, you know, we don't have 
the the millions of people in our market that that we can if one person doesn't want to come back we can go find find them so we have to be able to to keep people coming back and keep people energized around around what we're trying to do sure uh charlie you've been waiting patiently i think charlie is local um but i'm not sure um I'm in Chicago, but I'm a uh, I'm a lifelong Bucks fan. Lived through all the dark times that you were talking about there, Dustin. And um, you know, I I'm curious when you talk about the specific market. Um, you guys have really made a concerted effort to start marketing like to the entire state of Wisconsin um, with with the apparel and some of the um, you just see Wisconsin more. And I'm just curious about like the concerted effort to do that. And how it dovetails into trying to market the Wisconsin herd. I know you worked in Iowa at the in the arena that uh, the Iowa Energy uh, played at, now the Iowa Wolves. So just to talk about both the, the marketing to the entire state as opposed to the city, and then the challenges of marketing a G League franchise. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the you're absolutely right that that we definitely. Um, saw an opportunity uh, early like, when I got here and, and when ownership came in to, you know, really break out of being, I think we were, we were sort of seen as the, you know, the, the team in the city of Milwaukee and, and both way. I mean, it goes both ways. We had not done a great job or, or a job at all of, of reaching out and, and trying to get uh, more, you know, kind of a part of, of the overall culture of, of the state. I think we had kind of seeded that a little bit to, to the Packers and, and even to the Badgers a little bit. Um, the Brewers to, to some extent, but still probably a little bit more, more regional, but, um, but yeah, it was a, a concerted effort. And, and you go back to those, those early days with, you know, before we were winning and going through, like literally getting our, our draft draft picks on buses and, and doing bus tours of, of the state of Wisconsin and, and, really making those concerted efforts without a, you know, we weren't asking anybody to buy anything. We were, we were simply just going out and, and wanting to, to be a part of these communities and, and make that effort, um, which we've seen pay off. And then it, it dovetailed quite nicely into, um, as you mentioned, the, the herd and, and being able to have, you know, from a Seth knows more on the, the basketball side and in terms of, you know, what it means to have, have that 90 miles away and, and be able to, to do that from a development side, but it was a way for us to continue to, to get into to markets and strengthen, you know, not only the develop the herd brand, but, but strengthen the, uh, the attachment to, to us and to the bucks. And that's been, that's been a, an incredible market for us. I was um, actually blown away the first time we went when we had our announcement event up there and, um, just the the support and the number of people came out, and I think that was that was for me. It was that, and then we the f- first game we went back to Madison uh, and played a, a preseason game, and to to start to see where where those efforts were paying off, and there were you know you were starting to see see Bucks gear where you went throughout the state. So I want to uh, thank, thank you, for- Charlie. That's a great the, a great question. Um, the I want to pivot a little bit um, to how much does the way the sort of the league itself, the national presentation, whether it's the, and this is, this is a loaded question because again, I don't think there's any secret that I have many bones to pick with the way that kind of the major media partners 
not that I think the local TV does a great job. I mean, obviously have a gem in Marcus, um, which, which really helps. Uh, yeah. But um, how much is sort of the way the, the national presentation of the game, um, how does that, af- does that affect your decisions at all? Or is it something you have to fight against, something you have to roll with, something you have to, to coordinate with? Um, I guess that's like seven different questions. You kind yeah. of no, hopefully I, understand I mean, what, I'm, what I'm what I'm asking. Yeah, I, I get where you're getting, and I you know uh, um, definitely know your opinions on on <laughs> certain things. And you go through, I'm very but, I'm very shy um, with them. I know. <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean, I think, and again, I think part of that is that this is one of the things where where sort of the the big market versus small market thing can come in, and I think where we you know really put our emphasis, we you know we're not going to change you know who the the announcers are on a national broadcast or be able to influence or, or go through that and um you know I, I do think there's been you know some some changes and I, I know that's an area that the the league watches and and monitors and and you know is is working um you know constantly on on how you know what that broadcast experience is and, and how the games are presented and um, so, you know, I think there's, I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, interesting things around that, uh, just how the game is produced, um, moving forward. But, you know, I think one of the things for us, again, a, a small market, a market where, you know, national TV crews were not used to, uh, used to coming, um, for, for a number of years. And, you know, we've, <laughs> we've had, had thoughts to, about it <laughs> and had thoughts about it, um, so, you know, I think that's been a, a big piece for us and it has been really fun as, as they come in to, to be able to, again, showcase our city. We, we do see ourselves as being that, that megaphone for our market. And so we want to put our best foot forward. I know, you know, 2019 in the Eastern Conference Finals, the, when the TNT crew came, you know, they loved it. And, you know, Ernie Johnson being from, from Milwaukee originally and, and being able to go out to his old neighborhood and, you know, bring Shaq and Charles at like, I think they they really saw what those of us who are in in Milwaukee and and have moved here and and have kind of fallen in love with the city, you know, they had an opportunity to see that. Um, obviously, the the Stephen A. Smith thing last year and and you know a little bit this year, like we we found a way to to play into it a little bit, and I think um, it, it's given us a good opportunity to to showcase this city in a, a different way, and I think. That for us, you know, when you turn in terms of um, in terms of the the broadcasting going through, I think you know the one place that I just want to I, I think the one sort of pet peeve on my side is uh, we're, we're we're diligent about trying to make sure that their their B roll of this city and the uh, the skyline continues to evolve with with uh, with what the changes are in the city because um, that is one thing I hear regularly from from fans is, you know, how can they not have, how are they still using a uh, 12 year old B roll? So, um, rest assured we do, we do provide them updates where we can. <laughs> I, I actually hadn't heard that one before. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I, last thing I want to end, and, you know, thanks a lot for being you know so generous with your time, time and thoughts, but like the last thing I, I, I figured the best way to end is, is to, you know, talk about Giannis a little bit in that, like, um, you you got here when relative to to him being drafted was it after his rookie year. Do I have no, I, right? I was here before. Uh, okay. I, oh, you were here when he was drafted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, like aside from you know the fact that you know you know I don't think anyone was expecting necessarily what to be game as a player, but in terms of of having you know from a face of the franchise standpoint, I think that was that was um, visible kind of before, well before he reached kind of MVP level. Uh, when did you have an idea about that? Um, you know, I mean, interestingly, it was it was. Um, it was pretty early where where we could start to see that there was there was definitely this um, interest and I think just you know curiosity more than anything to to begin with it um, you know I think Bill Simmons and we leaned into this that you know Bill Simmons his rookie year was just like I just want a Twitter feed that tells me when he comes into a game so I can turn turned on on lead pass and just see what this guy does so we actually so we did it and we i i, I know i followed i followed that, that account yeah and I, so um we leaned in and and it you know there was this again curiosity about like okay like there is we don't know what it's going to be and and there are so many stories of you know sort of the the raw unknown players with a lot of potential that come in that that don't ever turn into to the superstar. So we, we saw it a little bit there, but I think just even, you know, right from the beginning of, of talking to him and being around him, like you, you could see that, um, you know, just the, the personality and, and, you know, obviously the story is literally a Disney movie now. Uh, right. But, um, but I think, you know, just the way he sort of carried and presented himself, there was, people were engaged and wanted to know more about him right from the beginning. Um, and so, you know, when you marry that with, with something that, you know, where he has the, the work ethic that he does and, and has turned himself into the player that he's, he's obviously become, um, you know, having an opportunity to, to be a part of that ride right from the beginning and, and have a little bit of snippet of what it could be, could become was, was pretty special. And like, I don't think too many people in my position get to to really be along for something like that. And then, like, I think you probably among, you know, you're, you're probably in about as good a position as anyone other than maybe like a Nike rep of kind of having data on sort of as, where the interest in him kind of spiked, both kind of locally, nationally, globally. Like, can you can you take me through, like, kind of when... That, that sort of ripple started to happen of, okay, he first, he was the, you know, first he was the biggest thing in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. And then he was, you know, among the biggest things in, in actually probably globally, probably maybe even happened sooner than nationally, but you tell me, um, you know, like what were, what were some of the key points in, in that sort of growth? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty steady growth for the, the first few years. And then, you know, it was the, his, his rookie year, it was coming off the bench and, you know, these highlights here and there and, um, you know, kind of going through and then you start to build up the, the, the myth making side of it. And the, you know, the people who are picking him up on the side of the road when he's, he's running to, from the practice center to the arena and, um, and that sort of thing. But then, you know, I think it was probably really, um, you know, we went through the rebrand at the, this, that entire time and, and ownership change. And there were so many pieces there where we, we sort of saw the brand kind of exploding at the same time. Um, but I think, you know, things went 
I mean, a hundred percent, the things, you know, 2018, um, you know, coming off the previous, you know, kind of, um, you know, starting to see the potential in the playoffs, but, um, and then, then kind of a down year, but that, that 2018, 19 season, um, even before Eastern conference finals, I think that's when, you know, obviously that was the, the first MVP year. Um, and, um, and, and that sort of thing. So like, that's when you really started to see, you know, everything, everything explode. I remember opening night that year, texting, uh, a, a friend, uh, that the, the, that the night of the opening night that year saying we might be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and then that, that whole season was, yeah, that was, you know, I, I can say that from, you know, from the basketball upside that that season was pretty, uh, it was was pretty fun. Um, uh, speaking, I just wanted to speaking of the rebrand. Uh, who came? Who whose idea was to make sure that it was named Goodland Green? Uh, it's one of my favorite things. Is that the, on the, the new color palette? It's it's literally called Goodland Green as a you know a devotee of Wayne's World. Um, yes, I will to, not. Uh, I will not take credit for much. I mean, I, I got to you know be a part and, and oversee that whole project. I can't take authorship of many things, but I, I can take authorship on on naming the colors. So, uh. <laughs> well, not not all not all heroes wear capes. That, that's, <laughs> that's that's tremendous. So so thank you for that. Um, Absolutely, uh, Dustin. This is first of all, it's been been great to catch up. It's been I don't know. It's probably been a couple months since we've actually talked. So I'm I'm uh, glad to you know just catch up with you. Um, but but I really wanted to, yeah. to you know thank you for. For, for taking the time on this darkest of days to, <laughs> to, uh, you know, to, to, to some thoughts on this. I find like, again, I've, I've never worked in this side of the industry and I just find it, it fascinating because it's like, it's in many ways where the real action is, even though it's where the real action isn't, it's an interesting dichotomy. So I'm just thrilled to learn more about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate you, you reaching out and, and definitely great to catch up. Um, you know, I think I told you when we, right after you started, when we we uh, went to went to Dan Dan for lunch, for those Milwaukee heads that are that are listening, um, you know, really going all the way back, like statistics and and that sort of thing, and is is where I wanted to, what I wanted to do when I was a kid, and then ended up in a, a totally different line. But you know, you know, there is and an, another time we can talk about you know where the where data and analytics and all that comes in on the the marketing side because that's become so much of it as well. But um, no, I appreciate you, you giving me the time and this was a lot of fun. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Dustin. Thanks folks for listening. I'll be back uh, next week. I think on Tuesday with, uh, with big Waz from the ringer is going to come back and we're going to, we're going to put a bow on this season talking about next season. So thanks again, Dustin. Thanks folks for listening. And I will chat with you soon.